You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron Dietrich in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe, alongside from the Washita Citizen, Jake Martin. How you doing this morning, bud? I'm only here so I don't get fined. Is that better? I don't like it. Still bad? I don't like it. I kept it because you hated on it so uh, much yesterday. It's too much negativity to start the show. Hey, speaking of negativity, I absolutely love when I hear a story where you get thrown under the bus. <laughs> Man, it just delights me like no other. Uh, it's called karma or what? <laughs> Probably. Because you've accused me of throwing you under the bus a few times. Oh, my. Yeah. Weekly. Um, Obviously, uh, Tensaw, they're not fans of the coverage that we've given them so far. Or fans of you. <laughs> Get in line. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, I don't know if you've been under a rock for the last decade, but Tensaw has some water issues down there. Mm-hmm. You've heard that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, our news department, of course, goes down there. They've done a fabulous job. We actually won a couple of awards just on their investigative work on the situation down in Tensaw and the water. Uh, so now, of course, they've got issues at the schools in terms of the water having lead in it. Mm-hmm. So they go asking some questions around the school board. And the school board, one of the members says it would not talk to them until uh, I came down there <laughs> and gave their athletic teams more coverage. Bring the Little Caesars. Yes. Aaron Dietrich. Who knew that power of the pizza and, of power. course, that one T-shirt would make a difference? I'm telling you, man, yeah. pizza is powerful. Yeah. It is. We'll get these water issues cleared up as soon as I get down there to Tensaw to uh, hand out a couple pizzas here in a couple weeks. Oh, so I'm in a giddy mood just from hearing that story. Tensaw Athletics haven't exactly been strong over the last yeah, 18 basketball. years. Basketball, they've been solid. Basketball, they've been they've pretty been good. Good runs. Yeah. Yes. So. And uh, we have covered them, too. So. Mm, debatable. <laughs> get your butt down to Tensaw. All right, that's the headline you wanted to say. That's with. it. That's man. the negativity that's, that, that you bring exactly, to this show. Exactly. I can. We can end the show right now yeah, if you thanks, want. Ben. I mean, that is what I wanted out of this mm. show. It's a big show today, though, yes, Aaron. Yes. It is a big show that we've been hyping Speaking up. Speaking of negativity, so Jake has been giving me a hard time about the uh, LHSA commissioner, the executive director Eddie Bonine coming on the show. Jake thought this day would never come, and I believe well, it is on. going to happen at eight thirty today. <laughs> yeah, you believe? You're still not sure. Um, now, hold on now. Backtrack a little bit. I was telling you how difficult it was going to be. You're like, nah, nah, it'll be easy. I'll get Bonine on. It'll be real simple. How many months has it been since we've it's had It's been that? a few. Uh, it's been, I would say, maybe at least half a year. I right? haven't been relentless, though. Okay. I haven't been like a pit bull trying sure. to track this down. Still more difficult than I think you anticipated. It was scheduled for in the spring, and now we are in August. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Perfect timing, though. That's what I was waiting for, the perfect day. Football's here, I guess, but uh, I feel like a lot of things we wanted to talk about are kind of old news now, <laughs> so I don't really know what we'll talk about with him. We'll find something. Uh, way about. to sell that there, <laughs> Jake Martin. <laughs> I just like hating on you, man. Yeah. You, you give it to me so bad. You don't think there's some major issues in LHSA as this high school football season gets ready yes, to kick off? Yes. Listen, we will have a great conversation with Bo Nine. Yeah. Let me Let me – correct myself there i just like giving you a hard time and i will give you credit if he actually comes on i will give you props for it but i do think lost in all of this it was the message of hey it's going to be more difficult than you anticipate yeah. okay 
I'll give you that. Uh, Timmy B, Tim Brando will join us also later in the show. Big night for ULM Athletics, of course. They get ready to kick off what they think, they hope, they believe will be a record-setting year. The pursuit tonight out at Bayou Point sold out, which is also a good sign. Love it. Also, you know, we, we spent some time breaking down the ESPN FBI yesterday. Want to want to stress the fact that ultimately that means nothing, yeah. right? But I just think it's cool that both ULM and Louisiana Tech are getting a lot of hype heading into the season. It's just cool to see. And LSU is not. Well, LSU is not. But I think, you know, with teams in our backyard, a lot of times, you know, people are more reluctant to believe what we're saying, you know, because there is a little bit of bias to it. And they're like, well, they're just saying that because, you know, these teams are, are in our area. No, these we, we actually do have higher expectations for this team, and it's I'm glad to see that on a national scale. It kind of back up what we've been saying. You can hit us up on the Darren Moody State from hotline slash text line, 888-993-7762. Find out how to save money on home and auto insurance by stopping by and visiting with Darren on 18th Street in Monroe. Stop by, talk a little insurance, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind talking a little football with you also. All right, let's get into some headlines, and this is probably the least surprising headline of them all. The numbers are in for Tiger Woods oh. in the PGA Championship. I couldn't remember if they were in yesterday's show or not. They were not. Okay. So the number, the ratings are up 69%. Steal my thunder. Yes. 69%. From last year. Yeah. Uh, a pretty good rating here. Uh, going from uh, basically uh, 8 to a 14 share. So 14% of the TVs on were watching the PGA Championships. Yeah, I mean, this is to be expected, Yeah, right? I mean, this is the Tiger, you know, this is what Tiger does. I do want to bring up Quint's question from yesterday again, because I think it was a good one. Does, who moves the dial more, Tiger or Conor McGregor? You're shaking your head. Nah, it's a no-brainer. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Hard to argue. Um, But I I would say this. In years past, I would go Tiger, <clears throat> but I'm more inclined to go with Connor today just because Quentin had a good point saying without Connor, UFC really doesn't make a sound. Mm. They really don't make a sound. Golf, while its numbers are very low without Tiger mm-hmm. in comparison, people still... I, there's still Jake Martins of the world out there buying sure, the pay-per-views without Conor McGregor. Yes, but there are few of us, mm-hmm. right? There are more of you, Aaron, who even if Tiger wasn't playing, you would have came in and said, hey, PGA happened, uh, so on and so forth. You would have been talking about Brooks, right? Am I wrong in that? Maybe not. I would have took a little nap during <laughs> I didn't miss one okay. shot on okay. Sunday. All right, well, maybe, maybe it is Tiger then. Yeah. All right, up 69%. They can only hope that uh, Tiger, of course, can keep this run going and, of course, make another bid to win a major at the age of 42. You have to feel like now that he's got everything on track at 42, still a lot of great golf to be played with Tiger Woods. No doubt, no doubt. Still waiting for the big announcement when and where they're going to place this uh, uh, match play against uh, lefty, Phil Mickelson. Do you think he'll play in the Ryder Cup? Oh, yeah. There's no no brainer? No brainer. Okay. Other headlines on this Tuesday morning, Jake Martin. Uh, LSU has a some good and some bad. Rashard Lawrence missed practice yesterday. Now, we don't know why. Let me stress that. It could be nothing. 
Did he miss practice or did he just miss the first 25 minutes that media members are allowed in there? Well, yeah, but, I mean, if, if you're missing that, you're probably missing the whole practice. Anyway, he was not there when the media was there, was not practicing. So we don't know what that means because they haven't met with Orgeron about it. So let's, you know, temper our thoughts here. That said, still kind of scary when you when you look at, you know, Richard Lawrence and his health concerns last year with his ankles and whatnot. I'm just hoping he's healthy. It's not an issue. Good thing is, though, Ed Alexander and a slimmer Tyler Shelvin both practice, which is huge. So if, if Richard is healthy and those two guys are healthy as well, that's big news for LSU. Another little LSU tid- tidbit, Stephen Sullivan, it seems like he's making that permanent move to tight end. So uh, I think that that's a really good move for him. He's a big body wide receiver. I think he could be really effective as a tight end. Hmm. Um, move, staying with football, I want to get over to the Saints because I don't know if you, if, if you, those of you out there were actually reading about the Saints practice yesterday, but it seems like the Saints finally had that sloppy practice. You know, it's that time of year where most teams kind of hit the wall, uh-huh. kind of tired of, of training camp, and that seemed to be it for the Saints yesterday. It was their sloppiest practice to date. That said, Ben Watson did shine. And um, Cam Meredith still isn't practicing a lot, still kind of on that pitch count. Of course, he's coming off that injury. And Marcus Davenport, still ha- still not at practice. Mm. So are you concerned about that at all? Or is it, is it time to start getting concerned? I mean, it's August 14th today. Uh, season's right around the corner. Uh, he needs to get out there on that practice field. He needs, he needs to be going against you know other pros to get ready for the NFL. And, of course, the Saints continue to get ready for uh, their home opener, preseason home opener, Friday night versus Arizona. Hogan says, Jake Will said, you were very right, Connor, because golf still has Spieth and McElroy and all the young golfers. Richie says, I didn't watch golf before the Tiger comeback either. Didn't watch it during his comeback either. So didn't affect Richie in either way. Hmm. Other headlines on uh, this Tuesday morning, we stay in the NFL Something to keep an eye on. Uh, Barkley limped off the practice field uh, yesterday. They call it a minor hamstring issue with the Giants. Not good. Not good. They, they actually, ESPN actually had video of it. Uh, he was he's running down the sideline. You could see him start to kind of favor one of those legs. It was not good. Um, hopefully it's a non-issue, though. I want to see Saquon you know, at his best on Sundays. I can't, I can't wait. To, I still think he's the rookie to beat. As far as offensive rookie of the year, um, so hopefully it's it's just a minor tweak. Some other college football news and notes uh, comes out now. Zach Smith, of course, the embattled former Ohio State assistant coach, says he kept a DUI arrest from Urban Meyer back in 2013. Yeah, I mean, the guy is a sleazeball. <laughs> I mean, what else do you want me to say? Um, I mean, I, I saw a lot of people saying, well. What what does he have over Urban Meyer that Urban Meyer wouldn't either fire him or you know turn him over whatever he had to do? That said, he claims that Urban didn't know. It's going back to that he said she said stuff. So all you can really do is speculate. But anyway, it's just another mark against Zach Smith and his character. Michigan keeping close tabs on what's taking place over in Columbus. Uh, the Wolverines continue to have it appears a quarterback battle underway it is not a given that uh, Shea Patterson will be the Wolverines starting quarterback Harbaugh says that redshirt sophomore Brandon Peters of course uh, saw some playing time last year is giving him a run for his money and also a couple other uh, 
prospects, including a former five-star blue-chip recruit in Dylan McCaffrey in the mix. You have to feel like Shea Patterson though, will be the starter uh-huh. when they kick off against Notre Dame to get the I season I feel start. like this is a motivational tactic, yeah. right? That's, I, re- I read those quotes, and I was thinking he's probably just trying to motivate Shea to, to push himself a little bit harder. I don't see Shea Patterson on the bench when they face Notre Dame. Uh, Harbaugh, not tipping his hand, says uh, not giving a specific timetable when he plans to make a decision, says he hasn't decided whether or not he'll announce his choice to be the public to the public before Michigan's offense takes the field versus the Fighting Irish. Another uh, quick tidbit, this is actually in the NFL, Roquan Smith, sources say, according to Adam Schefter, that uh, Roquan Smith has finally signed with the Bears. Good. Yeah, finally. Um, of course, if you'll remember, this was all dictated because this holdout was caused because of the language in the contract um, stating that the Bears could actually withhold money from him if he is suspended for the helmet rule. I've, I've read some stories on this about this about his signing. I, nothing is confirmed that they've changed any of that language, but you have to presume that that's the case. Why else would he be willing to sign um, the contract. So, uh, anyway, good for the Bears to finally get Roquan Smith on the field. We are your home for the Houston Astros. Here is your Houston Astros update today. They were off last night. They needed the night off. They're yeah. in the midst of a four-game losing streak. Maybe they can get back on track tonight. Verlander will take the mound trying to break that four-game losing streak as they square off against the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Richie says, Aaron, don't worry. I didn't watch Tiger because I was too busy watching horse racing. You still betting on horse racing? I kind of ran out of cash in that account. Oh, oh so yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to get some more money in there. <laughs> it's been a few weeks. Dude, bet on something you know. <laughs> bet on something you know. You're just, you really are throwing away cash. I know it's, I, I guess it's. Oh, no, it's pure entertainment. It is it fun. Is I, I can see how it would be fun. I would rather watch a little horse racing than a bad movie like Tully. Well. Oh, you want to give us a quick movie review? I uh, don't get it. Your wife will say. Uh, <laughs> what is Tully, by the way? Uh, it's a movie. I, I, I Telly. got that I much. think it's Tully. Tully or Tully. I wasn't a fan of it. Did you watch Sully and confuse it with no? Okay. Sully was good. Okay. Um, in terms of, of the bets, though. That five ninety nine that I wasted on that rental, I could have parlayed that into some pretty good cash in horse race. Okay. Well, let's as far as you're not a big major league baseball guy no. i'm not either would you rather sit and watch a baseball game and bet on situational oh, yeah. Yeah. or would you rather bet on horse racing oh i got horse racing really yeah love horse racing so down the stretch they come there is an adrenaline rush right there oh man yeah. i don't know i just feel like you would even though you don't follow mlb closely you would still know more about mlb Debatable. That's debatable. Okay. One day, uh, not during the football season, I'll invite you over. You can wager a few uh, races. With yeah, you. maybe you can uh, pay up some bets, but we'll see. All right, we're off and running on the morning drive. That is just uh, us getting everything kicked off. Some of the headlines on this Tuesday morning. It is all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. I've always been told you cannot win money gambling on baseball. Pete Rose. (laughs) (laughs) Wise man. High school football previews will continue from Bastrop. Adrian Burnett will join us at 745. 
How about this 8 o'clock hour? Gus Cattengill from ESPN New Orleans. We've got everything Saints-related. We've got a lot to talk about, of course, as they look forward to that preseason game versus Arizona. The highly anticipated conversation with Executive Director from the LHSA, Eddie Bonine, coming up at 8.30. And we're going to wrap up the show with Tim Brando from Fox Sports as he will be in town tonight for the pursuit out at ULF. Huge show, as you just discussed. We will also have a four downs today. Um, in that four downs, we'll be asking who are the top five, both college and pro players that you are most willing to pay to see. In other words, who out there in college or professional football are you like, I got to see this person play live? I think I understood it the first time. <laughs> I feel like uh, the office when Michael says, can you explain it to me like I'm an eight-year-old? Yes. All right, now try it again like I'm a five-year-old. 888-993-7762. We're off and running on the morning drive on Sports Talk 97. Welcome back to the show. Hit us up in the Darren Moody State from Hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Be a part of this show. Hey, I asked the question, who would you pay to see live, Aaron? What do you think of this list? This is coming from Quint. Tua, Drew Brees, Saquon Barkley, OBJ, and Amik Robertson. Ooh. That's a good start. That's mixing the college and the NFL ranks. Let's play a little uh, four downs, Jake. Let us play. Uh, let's start with the NFL. Mm-hmm. Aaron, who are the yeah. top five players you'd pay to see right. in the NFL? This was a little harder than I thought it would be. It's not like you got Barry Sanders, Randy Moss in his heyday. Sure. So, and then – do you? I think we all would pay just because we know their future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and we really don't know how many games, let alone years, that they have left in their careers, right? So I think you have to start the list off with Tom Brady. Just Drew so Brees. you could say, hey, I saw them play yes. live. Yes. Tell you and perhaps you're, you're part of a record setting performance by Drew Brees this year. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, I guess when I was doing my list, I was thinking of players I haven't seen live. Mm. So I don't have Brees on there because I have seen him. Mm. Um, so I'll start start off with Todd Gurley. I, I would like to see – now, he's not Bo. He's not Herschel. Yeah. But I would say of the last ten years, he's one of those rare handful of backs that has that special combination of power and speed. Mm-hmm. So I want to see that live and in person. So I have Todd Gurley on my list. Not bad. I also have on my list besides Tom Brady and Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. I have him, too. Um, I mean, if you don't think this is the most dangerous man in the last two minutes of a ball game, go sit down and talk to a Dallas Cowboys fan, right? I mean, this guy, I would love to see the Packers trailing with with him operating a two-minute drill. Oh, my goodness, how special would that be? He is, I mean, he is everything he's built up to be. I really think he's the best quarterback in the NFL, and, uh, yeah, I would love to see him play. I'd love to see Aaron Rodgers in Jerry's world. Yeah. That'd be nice. Well, I mean, th- that was one of the instances where yeah. he scorched him. Remember mm-hmm. with the sun shining in his eyes? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was either last year or two years ago. And then, of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you saw his statements. He, uh, you know, cup, was it a week, week and a half ago when he was getting on the young wide receivers? <laughs> a little grumpy. Basically said it was piss poor. Yeah. Now coming back and saying, you know, he just wants the team to be better. It was nothing personal. Mm-hmm. Um. Third player I'd like to see, 
Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Did he, he make the your list? list? Yeah, yeah. He's on there. So I recently got – my cousin got me Madden 19. This is the whole millennial discussion here. What? All right, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. I recently got Mad Night Team. So you play Camara, and he was unbelievable. He had an incredible rating, so that's how you base your knowledge Kid. and some of your <laughs> expertise no, on. Not at all. What I'm trying to say is the most enjoyable part of that game for me right now is I started a dynasty with the Saints and getting to move Camara all over the football field and use him in different ways. I like that part about the new game. It makes me feel like I'm Sean Payton. So I can't imagine what Sean, how enjoyable that is in real life to be able to do that as Sean Payton. That said, it, it, that just goes to show you like how exciting he is in the game. I had Jake Martin, offensive coordinator. So where was he so successful at? Everywhere you put Camaro? Pretty much everywhere. But <laughs> I, I, I liked using him in the slot. Yeah. It was just he's such a matchup nightmare yeah. in the slot. But um, that said. We all know what he did last year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I want to see what he does this year. I, you know, hope there's not a sophomore slump. I don't think there will be. Hopefully, he can stay healthy, especially if they lean on him more in the first four games. I also have him uh, listed as one of my top five players. I would pay good money to go watch. All right, now I think I feel like my first three are pretty common. I think my last two might be a little. You, I don't all think right, you'll have you my last wild card. Gronk. Rob Gronkowski, because a healthy Gronk is a matchup nightmare. I want to see that in person, this big, massive human being running corner routes. And it's just, what do you do? Especially if a linebacker's on him, how, does he, how do they stop him? Uh, I want to see a healthy Gronkowski live. I think that would be fun. Would you pay good money to go hang out with him afterwards <laughs> in a bar? Well, that would be fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> would that be better than watching him play? Uh, Are you mellowing out, Jake? Yeah, mellowing out. <laughs> maybe maybe when I was in college, that would have been fun. <laughs> Today, I'd just like to see him play. How about uh, that? And I've said it before, uh, Barkley was the most exciting college football player since. Uh, Barry Sanders, Sanders, yeah. So now does it translate to the NFL? I've got way. him listed in my top five. I want to see Barkley. I, I, I don't disagree with that. He, he, that would be fun to see, too. Is that, did you list all five? Yeah. All Brady, right. Rogers, Breeze, Barkley, Camara. My fifth uh, is Luke Keekley, another one that I don't think would be a popular pick. Watching this guy go from sideline to sideline, fill the gaps with intensity. Yeah, man, I like I like watching good linebacker play. I want to see that. You put him up there. You'd watch uh, if you had a choice back in the day. You know, Ray Lewis playing, Erlacher Ooh, playing. Yes, I'm, I'm not. I'm saying I would love to see them play yeah. their head. Yes, and their prime. Keekley's not in the same category. No. Um, but, yeah, you're talking about two, early 2000s Ray Lewis. Yeah. Yes, sir. That would have been awesome. All right. Check it out. You don't go out with Ray Lewis afterwards. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's, that was an easier uh, question to answer. Yeah. <laughs> Top five players you'd pay to see in college football. You know where I'm going number one. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Hold on. Why am I blanking? I don't know. It's a no-brainer. The most dynamic guy in the return game in college football. Oh, come on, that's Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to see him I don't care. every Friday. I, I, I'll watch it over and over again. 
I think that's a little bit of bias there. Well, it may be so, but this is my money. I'll spend it how I okay, want to spend it. There you go. I can't argue that. I paid to go watch TCU. I paid to go watch them try to kick it to Cavante. I don't Turpin. think you have to pay a lot of money. Did you <laughs> see the stadium when you went? Yeah. It was the game. Uh, game day was there against West Virginia. Yeah, too bad Literally, nobody else uh, was. 34,000 fans there. It was hot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kicked off my list with Khalil Tate. I think he's overrated as a quarterback, but literally every time he touches the ball, it can be one of the best plays of the year. I mean, he's just that dynamic of a player, and he touches the ball every time they're on offense. So, yeah, I think you'd get your money's worth if you went and watched Khalil Tate play. I had a more difficult time with the college ranks. I guess it's just because of name recognition and, of course, the graduation of some big-name stars, and the new batch hasn't come through yet. Uh, I certainly had Khalil Tate on that list. Also have... You know, they were re-showing the national championship game over the weekend, and just to watch Damian Harris, kid's legit from Alabama. I pay to watch him this year. I would, too. I think, I still think he's a little bit underrated. But, yeah, man, he is so fun to watch. He, What does he have? He's like six yards per carry. I mean, it's just an insane statistic. But, I mean, yeah, he gets it done. Um, I have no issue with that one. My second pick, Aaron, would be Devin Bush in Michigan. He's like a – corner playing linebacker i mean the way he covers especially backs out of the backfield i mean he is incredible again i like stellar linebacker play i think that's fun to see in a stadium if you you know watch one guy roam from sideline to sideline to make plays that would be fun to watch him play at michigan got a text here unnamed i'd like to see dak prescott play i haven't seen him play since he was in high school actually i went to elementary school with him before moving to farmerville on the cowboys i'd rather watch ezekiel play than dak Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, man. I think I think Dak is better than what we saw last year. I think a lot of people are down on Dak this year, but I think he he's gonna have a bounce back year. I think we're gonna be talking about how Dak is still on the climb to being a really great player in the NFL after this year. Back to the college football ranks, the most uh, top five players we'd like to see or we'd pay good money to watch play this year. Who's your second guy? Uh, well, I've got a Cavante. I had a Damian Harris. You mentioned Khalil Tate. Tate uh, Bryce Love from Stanford. No issue there. Bryce yeah. Love, one of the best running backs in college football. I had a different back, though. I have Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma. I think, in fact, he's going to be my pick for the Heisman. I think this is the year that a running back wins the Heisman. I was looking the last eight years, only one running back has won the Heisman. The rest of them quarterbacks. You've got so many good running backs this year. I think the odds are, are, are in the running back's favor to win it this year. And Rodney Anderson is a guy that, I mean, he, he, he possesses that power and speed that I talked about. Now, he's not Ty Gurley, but he is going to make a lot of big-time plays, especially in the Big 12. I think he's going to have the numbers and the impact to win the Heisman this year. I round out my top five. I got a tie, and I go to the defensive side of the ball. I want to see what all the scuttlebutt is about with Ed Oliver over in Houston. Yeah, good pick. That Good pick, but – I, I, I stayed away from the defensive line and offensive line just because are you really going to pay hard-earned cash to watch that? I mean, that's kind of the hardest thing to see mm-hmm. when you're at a game live. So I kind of went with more of the skill players. Um, for that reason, and we discussed this being a quarterback battle earlier in the show, I want to see Shea Patterson. Yeah. Call him a poor Johnny football if you want, but I still think he's a, he's, he's a really fun quarterback to watch. 
and I would like I want to see what he does with a really good team at Michigan. So I have Shea Patterson, and I round it out with Devin White. You don't like defensive players. I got another one that's uh, tied for fifth with Ed Oliver, uh, Nick Bosa out Ohio State. I just said Devin White, so. I you do not like defensive linemen, defensive ends. Yeah, uh, not for to, to pay hard on cat. I, th- I would, they were way down the list, Aaron, just because of the how difficult it is to see them on the field when you're at a live college football game or NFL game. Did you get your five in? Yeah, Devin White was my fifth. I didn't do six. I didn't cheat like you. Uh, there's the first two downs. We've gained about uh, five and a half yards. Can we get our first down with third down coming up? The question is, as we go to break, this is called a tease, Jake Martin. Oh, that's what this is? Yeah. The question is, what is the biggest high school football storyline heading into the 2018 football season? That's coming up after the break. Hit us up, 888-993-7762. We're back after this on Sports Talk 97.7. It's nice to hear walk-ons on board with the morning drive. Can't wait till they open. Yeah, that's right, man. Can't wait for Trebrice comes down or comes up. Uh, shameless plug here if you're just joining us. We've got a big 8 o'clock hour coming up, including Gus Cattengill. But at 8.30, Jake has worked very hard to get this interview. The executive director of the LHSA, Eddie Bonine, will join us. And then at 8.45, from Fox Sports, Tim Brando will join us as he gets ready to head to Monroe for the pursuit tonight out at ULM. All right, Marcus, I see your text. It's going to be a perfect lead-in for fourth down, so hang on to that. Uh, third down, what is the biggest high school football storyline heading into the 2018 season? Aaron, let me know. It's an old storyline, but... This year, I think it may, holds a little bit more weight than it has in years past. Will this be the year? Will this be the season that uh, either Washita, Neville, or Rustin get the best of West, West Monroe. Monroe? I mean, it is truly amazing. And I know Neville hasn't played him continuously every year, but now, of course, we've got a little streak now where they've been playing uh, during the regular season. But the fact that Rustin has not knocked them off since 1990, you look at Washita since 94, and I believe Neville is 96, perhaps. I'm not for sure on that one. Or 99. It's been a while. Right. The fact that those three schools, very good, very solid football programs. Very storied programs. And West Monroe has held that dominance for so long. Yeah, that's a good one. Mine is... And I think the gap is closing, too. And we've certainly I too. seen the last couple of years. Well, West Monroe is going to be really good this year. Yes. I mean, let's not... I think a lot of people are sleeping on them heading into this year. I think people need to realize that defense is going to be one yeah. of the best in the state. They're going to be nasty. Um, that said, you're right. I mean, Washtenaw's getting better. Uh, Rustin was close last yeah. year. Rustin's got to stop, you know, causing its own downfall. Mm-hmm. Last two years... At times they had West Monroe, but then they made their own mistakes. And West Monroe, as good teams do, capitalize. And the number of times that Washita has come so close throughout yeah. the years, including last year, fourteen with to thirteen, fourteen thirteen squeaker by West Monroe. So my storyline's a little more vague. It's uh, it's what we'd expect. Will the Goliaths look big again in twenty eighteen? Ah. And what I mean by that, of course, I'm referencing the fact that only Richwood represented Northeast Louisiana heading to the Dome last year. And you look back, I mean, you could argue Neville lost a bit of its aura last year. For the the previous three or four years, they looked invincible. It's kind of crazy to see them um, 
struggle like they did. Thank you, Kenneth. 1995 is when Neville last beat mm. West Monroe. Um, and then you looked at West Monroe. I mean, they had a heartbreaking loss to Zachary mm-hmm. in the semifinals. The Zachary team, a lot of people were pegging as favorites because they, they returned an awful lot this year. Um, Sterlington fell at home in the quarterfinals to Richwood. OCS uh, fell in the second round. Haynesville couldn't get past Kentwood. So you look at all these really great teams who have been good for so many years, and they kind they they fell short of their goal last season. So I want to see if the Goliaths come back and, and uh, achieve their goals this season. That's my storyline. I think that should be the number one storyline. Can uh, Northeast Louisiana get back? Because mm-hmm. right now, last year was just a horrible year overall for football in Northeast Louisiana. Especially when you, you factor in with nine state championships up for grabs. Yeah. No, no kidding. And, and for the longest time, we've always talked about how this area had the coaching. Down south had might have had more athletes, but up, the mm-hmm. coaching was the difference. Now you're seeing the coaching kind of catch up down south. And Baton Rouge had what? Four alone? I mean, I believe they had at least four championships alone. And on paper, you just look at it. Uh, star power, uh, South Louisiana is where it is at this year. It is. Once again, uh, Lee Burkeen from uh, Louisiana Football Magazine. Well, actually, he's scheduled to join us Friday morning at 830. So there you go. I didn't tell you about that, Jim. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Fourth down. And, Marcus, I'll read your text after I read this question. Which football game did you pay to go to? Do you regret spending time and money on? Marcus <laughs> texted in and said, I was at that Cowboys versus Packers game. Thanks, bro, for opening up old wounds, bunch of crying emojis. Yeah, I, if I was a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'd be pretty upset about being at that game, too. I mean, you got to see greatness in Aaron Rodgers, but, man, you're talking about heartache. This actually created a little debate on Twitter yesterday. I don't know who was going back and forth. I think it was Peter Burns because they're re-showing LSU versus Alabama. Oh, I got into that, too. Not the national championship game, of course, the game during the regular season. The, the game of the century, yeah. as it was built up to. I still think that was an incredible football game. But a lot of people think it was a quote-unquote boring game. Not for everybody, I guess. But I, lo- I will take that any day of the week over a Big 12 50-45 game. What we will not take, if you forked over a lot of money and a lot of hard-earned cash to go to that national championship game that year and no. sat through that. No. Um, I'm interested to see what people say about this. What is your pick? What, what, what game – do you have a game where you paid – some money on and went to and were very disappointed. I nope. can't remember the last time I actually paid, <laughs> so that's the problem. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a – Yeah, that's pretty bad. I anyway, <laughs> all right, I'll go there. I actually misread your question. I thought it was games that you would pay to go watch and you wouldn't feel bad about it no matter the amount of money you forked over. And I said the Saints, anytime that they're in prime time, down there in the Dome, you cannot beat that atmosphere. I don't know how you misread that, yeah. but okay. My The game that I went to, I didn't spend the money because my parents did, but LSU Ole Miss 2001, Eli tore up LSU. Rohan Davey had one of his worst games. Ole Miss won that game 35-24, to and it was the first time I went to the LSU game where they lost. My uncle and cousins got beer poured on them. Mm. Um, it was the first time riding back. You know, you're stuck in traffic, leaving the stadium, where sports talk felt like therapy. Like, I remember hearing all the fans calling in, and they were just airing their grievances. They, they were so upset 
saying all the things that that you had going on in your head, and it just made you feel better. It was like, yeah, what about that play? Why did they run that play? Yeah, why couldn't he make that catch? Yeah. So it just – it resonated with me. I still remember it. It was just – I also remember it because Peyton Manning was, like, sitting three rows up from us Mm. in the end zone. I tried to get his autograph, and he and his security guard shooed me away. Mm. But uh, <laughs> he was wearing like a hat, like nobody would recognize him, sitting in the sitting in the stands. Mm. Um, but anyway, that game, you know, anytime LSU loses to Ole Miss, it's not a good time. Colin says he went to a Tech Rice game in Houston, 2013, raining, and Tech lost by 40. Oh, Richie says LSU versus Troy. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. that would have been rough. Anyway, keep letting us know, 888-993-7762. Which game did you go to that you absolutely regret going to? Mm. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we're going to continue our high school previews. Well, big things expected out of the Bastrop Rams this year. Their head coach, Adrian Burnett, will join us after the break. And welcome back to the Morning Drive. We are asking today, what game have you been to that you regret going to and Aaron and I were, were kind of discussing this. Aaron, of course, hasn't actually had to pay his own money to go to a game in quite a while because he's such a big-time No, I think it's just because I'm usually just sitting at home. I'm cheap, too. Oh, well, that's that's me. You yeah. just described me. Um, what game – I'll change it for you. What game have you covered or games? Number you, one, you go back to that national championship game, Alabama-LSU. The good news was – it didn't require me to race up and down the sidelines, of course, to cover the offense and to stay ahead of the play. You knew it was going to happen. I just stayed literally in one end zone the entire oh, yeah. game and was behind LSU, of course. And, of course, I had a great view. I saw basically the same thing Jordan Jefferson did, which was just Alabama's defense and the top of the Superdome. You just need those shots of Jordan Jefferson on his back, yeah. and, I mean, that's the, that was the game. And as bad as it was, you still go in at halftime like, oh, you know, Les Miles will go in. He'll make some adjustments. And, nah, boy, they'll come out. Nothing. Maybe a quarterback change. It might be a different story. Maybe they'll get a lucky break here or there. No plan And they could be B. right back into the ball game. No plan B. No quarterback change. That was the most frustrating game I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. And, uh, and for what was at stake. Yeah. At stake. Not only, not only a national championship was at stake, but if LSU wins that game – that goes down as one of the greatest seasons ever. Yeah. People forget the teams they beat that year. West Virginia, Oregon, Arkansas. That's your Fiesta Sugar and um, one of them won. I think Rose Bowl. Yeah, I think Oregon won the Rose Bowl. So you you beat all – and plus, I mean, they did beat Alabama, who was the national champion. Still, even if you take that game out of the equation, that's still one of the greatest seasons ever. But, man, yeah, if they would have won that game – that team could have went down as one of the all-time greats, but that was a race with a 21 nothing defeat. And the other thing, a couple of things that stand out, then you go into the locker room afterwards, and it was just they put him in this small, cramped uh, – it wasn't the Saints locker room for LSU. And just you could just feel that they knew that they screwed up so bad. And then different media types – and the major question was, of course, why wasn't there a change mm-hmm. at quarterback? Sure. And it was just – oh, it was brutal in there. And it felt must, like a funeral? And it was literally 110 degrees in there. Yeah. And then I'm riding back on the media bus to the hotel, and uh, I didn't know him at the time, but Joe Shad was sitting right behind me. And uh, somebody's having a discussion. I didn't go to Les Miles' press conference. I had no desire to go listen to that. So I was in the locker room trying to get a sound from the players. And uh, Joe Shad starts talking about – 
he said there was some nut job in the press conference afterwards, and he was asking Miles all these weird questions about the quarterback situation. And then, of course, you put two and two together, and you figure out it was Bobby Abert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 You I know, remember he rambled on for like two and a half minutes, didn't even oh, ask yeah. the questions. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Our high school football previews do roll along. We are excited that uh, Bastrop head coach Adrian Burnett joins us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Coach, how you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing well. How y'all doing this morning? Good. Exciting times, of course, for Bastrop. This practices are underway. Big expectations for this year's squad. You got a majority of your offense coming back, and boy, a lot of the players coming back on the defensive side of the ball. What's it been like for you guys so far? Uh, practice has been going a lot smoother than in years past, and I think just because you got a veteran group with veteran leadership, uh, we was fortunate enough to hold on to the bulk of our team. I think we've only graduated four or five starters from last year and you know second year as a head coach and some things that I learned from last year to improve on and I really have high expectations for the team what was the biggest difference going from you know, a coordinator to being the head man of a high school football program I uh, couldn't be selfish uh, you know you want all the good athletes on on the mm-hmm. offensive side of the ball and you want to score every single play and you know, I could just concentrate on, on what I want and what I need to do offensively. But as a head coach, uh, you got to take everybody still in, in consideration, whether it be personnel or plays or different uh, decisions you make throughout the game. Um, but being a head coach has been a great experience. You certainly had some uh, critics uh, last year, and I guess we might as well address the elephant in the room, kind of a rocky times there in the spring. How is it now with you and the school board, and you feel confident moving forward? Oh, yes. Uh, we have a new uh, superintendent, Mr. Gray. I've met with him a couple of times. Uh, we're on the same page and uh, on the same page with the community as well as the school board. Um, and, you know, everybody's just excited for this new year to start. How stressful of a time was that for you to kind of address that with your team when this was all going on? Well, you know, being born and raised with, uh, in Bastrop, I uh, got close ties with uh, – with the majority of the community and the majority of the kids. And it's just like with any situation, with any family situation, anytime turmoil comes up, it affects everybody. But the good thing is we've gotten past that point and we're moving forward. As you move forward, you talk about this team. Let's start offensively. You guys traditionally are able to light up the scoreboard. You certainly did that last year. How many are coming back and what can you, what kind of year can we expect from you guys as out? We got eight starters offensively coming back. Uh, but the, the, the biggest uh, thing that I can see is the, the, the three spots that we left, left that we lost. Uh, we got some younger kids that stepped up, and I think that's the best situation that we have going forward with our offense. Uh, the veteran leadership, whether it be Quaterius Hawkins or Chris Smith at the wide receiver position, or the offensive lineman uh, Carter Ellison, James Carter, uh, who's been the backbone of our offense over the past couple of years. But now we got some young kids stepping up, and they're just as uh, good as some of the veterans. Potentially, how good could this wide receiving core be? And I hate to throw it out there, but, you know, to be honest, um, you know, from I have four to five kids um, that I really feel like outstanding wide receivers, outstanding athletes, and this might be one of the top two or three receiver cores that I've ever coached. Wow. And you certainly had some good ones back in the day at St. Aug. You talked about Christian Smith. You lost him for a time being. Now he's back in the Bastard program. What kind of playmaker can he be a difference maker for you this year? 
Uh, well, the biggest thing is I think he's going to be even bigger on special teams. Uh, I know his his name is out there, and you know a lot of people are going to be focusing on him. Uh, so what we're going to have to do is take advantage of that, let some of those new guys, young guys, catch some balls, make some plays, and then it's going to individually open it back up to him, and he's going to continue to make plays. Coach, everybody at Bastrop wants to beat Neville. So I know that that game carries a lot of weight each and every year. How often did you revisit that very tight game from last year, this offseason, if you did it all? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I think we may have visited one time. Um, you know, uh, we could keep kick ourselves in the tail and say, man, what we could have done, what we should have done. Uh, but we moved on past it. Uh, what we do know is we're in a situation here at Bastrop where we've gotten our talent back, our program is the right direction, so now we can be competitive week in, week out, year in, year out with, uh, with people like Neville. Is the gap closing between Neville and Bastrop? Oh, it's closed. It is most definitely closed. And that's, uh, and that's not a testament of myself. It's just, uh, you know, we got some good kids that finally bond together. Uh, we've been so young for the past couple of years, you know, playing freshmen, playing sophomores. Uh, but also on the same token, man, Neville is such a great program. Yeah, and yeah, you just you just happen to be in the same conversation. Hawkins, one of those guys that was thrown into the fire as a young guy. It seems like he's been around forever. How has his game progressed, especially going into this year? Uh, we're just trying to get him get him stronger. Uh, work on his accuracy. Work on his reads. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job thus far as far as just becoming a a, a quarterback, becoming a a great athlete, and I think this year is going to be uh, where, where it all comes to come in fruition. Coach, we had a lot of fun talking about the shirts that came out for the Bayou Jamboree. Was the idea behind the We Run 165 shirt, did you think that it would get this type of reaction when you released the picture on Twitter? And do you feel it's helped y'all's helped hype up this matchup with Sterlington? Uh, well, you know, it. When we first, when I first put it out there, um, you know, we was just looking for a way to grab everybody's attention and get some ticket sales and get them to the Bayou Jam. And you know, we put it out there and we started talking about Sterling's thing. But then we thought about it. Well, you know, we we play Wiseman, we play Richwood, we're trying to get the rivalry back at at, uh, at Carroll and some other places. So we end up changing it up, taking Sterling's and off of it, just putting BHS on the top. And it's one of those things, man, when you talk about, you know, high school football or collegiate football, everybody wants to take ownership and where they're from and, and, you know, their particular team. And it's just something that we did just to get a little pride back, uh, get a little uh, talking going on, and hopefully the Bayou Jam can, can have a, a great weekend. And for running 165, uh, you're scrimmaging Wasman Saturday, correct? Right, right. So the 165 tour starts on Saturday. <laughs> Uh, defensively, of course, has been an issue for the Rams over the course of the last couple of years. But I know you returned what nine guys on that side of the ball. What are you anticipating? Uh, speed. Uh, you know that's one thing we've always pride ourselves on at Bastrop, uh, and that's one of the biggest things that we want to make sure that we have an opportunity to show defensively. Uh, we've done a good job in the weight room during the off season. Uh, Coach Cedric Sherrod. Uh, who's the new offensive line coach, is also our strength and conditioning guy. He's done a phenomenal job in the weight room. Uh, the guys have got bigger. We've also got stronger, and we keep our speed. We should be pretty good on defense. Adrian Burnett, you got a unique perspective playing high school ball here, then going down to Lane, then also coaching not only up here in the high school ranks, but also down south. 
What is the major difference you've seen between North and South Louisiana football? The the number of athletes that you have down south. Um, you know, when you talk about programs, um, facilities, you talk those type of things. You know, a lot of that is geared towards up up north up north football. You know, we got better facilities, uh, weight room program structure, all those type of things. But when you talk about pure athletes, whether it be size and speed, athleticism, uh, they have so many, so many of those type of guys down in New Orleans and Baton Rouge. Just it's <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's really it really is. We always thought North Louisiana had the huge advantage in coaching. Still, some tremendous coaches up here. But do you believe that gap is closing with the number that are now in South Louisiana? Well, uh, I, I I've always said that it's, it's it's great coaching up here. I think the biggest different in the coaching aspect is the lack of turnover. You know, when you look at people like Mickey McCarty and you look at, you know, coaches at Western Row and, and, and some other places, it's pretty much been some of the same coaches and the programs don't really change as much. Um, but when you look at people down south, like, say, for instance, the Carr High School or Landry Walker, once they start cutting down their turnover and, and their programs start going the right direction, you saw the success they started having after that. Coach Burnett, final question. I've never asked you. Were you at St. Aug when Fournette was there? Uh, yes, sir. Coach, Coach Leonard Fournette, yes, sir. Oh, please tell. There's got to be some incredible stories uh, from practice or just at a game when you knew you had like once-in-a-generation type talent. Uh, the, one, the biggest thing I could, I could always say or I've always said about Leonard, uh, he's one of those guys, if you didn't know it was Leonard Fournette, you would never know it was Leonard Fournette because the way he carries himself, uh, the way he speaks, the way he does different things. Uh, the same things we saw where we play, played on Saturday. But the same things you saw on Saturday, you know, you would see on a Monday and Tuesday. We will play Carl back when they had Speedy Noel, and he would uh, be the quarterback. And he would emulate Speedy Noel for the, for the defense, and he would run the plays, and he would do everything 100%. Now, one story that I, I love telling about him, um, you know, he got every accolade, every trophy, every award you could possibly muster as a as a senior. Uh, where he got the uh, Louisiana Gatorade Player of the Year trophy, I believe. And it was, came down to him and the quarterback from, I think, West Jefferson. Uh, West Jefferson had won state championship that year. They was like 0-10, 0-9 the year previous. And it came down to him and the quarterback. Well, he ended up winning. He goes on stage to accept the award. In the middle of his speech, he tells everybody he appreciates it, but the other kid, and I'm sorry, I forget his name, but he said the other kid deserves it more than him, took the trophy, gave the trophy to that other young man. And this is a 17-year-old. I know good and well I couldn't have done that at 17 years old. Mm. Uh, the recruiting process for Fournette, what was it like, I guess, the number of college coaches that were going through there, the big names? Well, of course. I mean, any, any school that you could possibly think of was there. Uh, and that was, you know, an everyday thing. Uh, but he was he was pretty humble during the recruiting process. Uh, and he kind of, by that time, you know, you knew who it was. It was going to be between the LSUs and, and the USC's and, and, uh, and Alabama. And around that time, it kind of just cut down to there. So it wasn't as much traffic as you would possibly think his senior year uh, because he was more focused on getting his ACT score right and uh, getting his classwork done. Good stuff. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com. 
or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.